0: This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. When liberty is in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front lines, sleep in peace tonight. American soldier, I'm an American. Now, Valor Radio. Well, hello and welcome once again, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, guardians, the civilians uh, serving by their sides and those who are uncommitted. Uh, we welcome you here once again to uh, uh, Valor Radio, the big tent. We have, uh, we have Captain Steve Momano. He's braved the elements to come down here on this Tuesday afternoon with the blowing sleet out there. And sunning himself in Florida, we have uh, Colonel Schottenfreud. Uh, Paul Simonelli.
1: Hello, gentlemen. Hi, Paul. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: And same to you. You too.
1: Uh, we have much to be thankful, thankful for.
0: Yes, we yeah, gathered we together do. to ask the Lord's blessing.
1: So, Steve, I got to ask you, you know, I, I know you were uh, on a ship at times, and mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, fighting those storms on a ship and, you know, wearing some kind of heavy coat, Facing the wind and the sleet and the hail, uh, do you put your windshield down on your Jeep so you can feel all that on your face when you're <laughs> driving down the expressway? Sometimes
2: I do. Sometimes I want to. I want to reminisce, but uh, yeah. not today, Paul. Not today. Not today. No, in fact, uh, one of the things about carriers is that they ride a lot of times with the uh, with the uh, the doors open on the uh, on the on the hangar bay. And, uh, uh, but, uh, in a real rough sea, you, you, you'll, they'll close them up. And it's, it's, uh, it's an ugly experience being on a carrier in a really rough sea because you, you really get that pull of gravity on you and people will laugh and say, oh, you don't know what gravity is until you've been on a, a small boy or a, you know, a, a minesweeper or something like that. But, uh, carriers, you, you'll, you'll feel it on a, on a big ship like that. You'll feel that gravity pull sometimes, uh, like, when I was in the Eastern Mediterranean, most of the time was when we when we had that uh, uh, rough weather. But uh, it, it, you know, I, I I never got seasick underway. Um, so, uh, but uh, it, it it happens a lot. And I saw something recently um, on online. It was about uh, uh, how they do shakedown cruises and test these carriers for heavy weather. And they showed uh, the effect of um, of a hundred foot uh, bow wave on a on a ship like uh, the the Gerald Ford, a hundred foot wave. Yeah, if they, if they it was a simulation, but it was it was pretty u- ugly to watch. I, I thought if if the, if the sea state is that bad, um, there's nowhere to hide in, in a ship like that. That's just awful. That's, uh,
1: well, that uh, that's sort of the subject of uh, the remake that we were talking about a few weeks ago. Of what? Um. Oh, the remake of uh, the Cane Mutiny. Oh,
2: oh yeah, they, they right they they upgraded it, and made it more contemporary. Oh, how nice! Right. Oh, yeah. Come on, right? Well, Leave it alone.
1: <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> I, I watched it um, while I was in Nashville, and I, I told Steve it wasn't uh, it wasn't too bad.
0: He's he's wrinkling his nose. Uh, a quick question for the for the captain here before we move forward. So when you have a hundred foot wave that that breaks, you know over well, that ship, because that that was, that, a, chip, that, that,
2: that, that was an extreme case. They said you know because uh, the the the, uh, the modern carriers are out of the water. Uh, they're they're at least you know six decks up above the the water line. So you know on, on a carrier like the Ford. You're, you're gonna, you know, in order for the 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 bow the wave to crash over the bow, it would have to be a hundred foot wave because a sixty foot wave would just, you know, hit hit it on the bow. But um, okay, this actually happened. This is not like a Joe Biden story. Well, no, they, they, no, nothing like that has ever happened that I, I'm aware of. Oh, okay. it, they had, it did in World War II though with the smaller carriers, the well, smaller, the, sure, the escort carriers in the in the uh, Essex class. Yeah, they. They had those that they, they operated up in, you know, Murmansk and these other places where they're it yeah, was the just weather's, awful. Weather's crazy. Yeah, just crazy. So that, yeah.
0: that would that would break and it would just
2: it would go the whole length of the ship, would it not? No. Uh the, the, the way the bow the bow of a well, I'm I don't know about, you know, you know, uh, other surface ships. I'm talking about carriers in general. But the way the carrier uh, bow is configured, um what happens is you you get this big uh, you know, massive Thud hitting the, the front of the ship, and um, you get a lot of uh, spray going on both sides of the uh, the flight deck. You Usually, not get a lot get a lot going over the flight deck, and uh, a ship that big. But um, but they showed uh, simulations of of like what a hundred foot bow a bow wave on a carrier, and it, it and this thing was just. I mean, a carrier was just uh, you know shimmy shimmying back and forth, and I, I think a carrier that big, a ship that big, uh, in that kind of a sea state. Uh, I, I you you can't be underway in something like that. Interesting. All right, listen, I'll stop interrupting. Go ahead. Go go go. <laughs> have, have at it, guys. No, it's a it's a good question. I I I looked at it. I had to look twice because the uh, the the video that they showed looked pretty authentic, and I thought, what is that? Is did they actually test this thing out? And 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 it wasn't. It was a simulation. So. Well, so Steve. Yeah.
1: What do you think uh, about eight thousand people got kicked out of the military for not getting their COVID shots?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. how
1: many want to come back in
2: Well, they're sending the letters out. Um, I don't know how they haven't really say how many hits they got so far. I mean it, yeah. if there's a lot of interest now you've you got to figure anybody who was kicked out who was had any kind of career potential they're going to want something to happen they're going to want some kind of um, you know way to you know, make their service count. But uh, other ones are probably completely fine with never hearing the word, uh, you know, U.S. military again. And I wouldn't blame them if they did, you know, if they felt that way. Well,
1: this initial, uh, they sent out 8,000 letters, and so far I think they've had uh, less than 20 people Take them up on their own. Are you
2: kidding me? No. What did you get? I, I, hadn't, I, I thought that they sent out like 1,900 and, that, uh, and they were waiting for responses, but that, that's, that's pretty bad, man. Ooh. Well, yeah. 1,900 got separated by the Army. 1,900 right. right? Right. Just by the Army. Well, wow, that, that's so, not a good sign, Paul.
1: No, it's not a good sign. Listen, there, you know, with the officers' corps, there's no way to make it right. No, uh, you know you know how it is. Everything's on a time clock, and if you don't hit those gates, there's no making up for it. You know, you miss a window. Uh, how do, how do you make up for it? Uh, you know, I don't they can, know. They can backdate. Uh, you know, I just don't know. There's nothing you can do to fix it. They're not going to give you. I don't know if they're going to give you back pay. Oh. Obviously not.
2: Well, you know, just think about the. About the scenario, you're, you're sitting at home and a letter comes in the mail from the uh, the Navy Department or the Department of the Army or whatever, and you're looking at it kind of askance to begin with, and then you open it and they say, you know, greetings, you know, uh, <laughs> here is how you can, in, you know, you were involuntarily separated, here's how you can uh, uh, rejoin the military, and here's instructions on how to do that. W- what is your reaction going to be at, initially? Because the people were saying, well, you know, am I coming back to my old job again? Am I going back to my old MOS, my occupational specialty? Um, I think a lot of people would just be shocked to get the letter like that, that, that acknowledges that, number one, they were wrong, uh, you were right, they were wrong, and now they want to make amends, and they want you to uh, be a part of the solution. I, I just think it's it's a tough sell.
1: Well, you know, the letter really goes out there. And it says, um, first part of it is that you can correct uh, your military records because these people left uh, with a cloud right. on their records. So they've been ordered to fix these people's records. And so that's the first thing. And then it's like, oh, by the way, uh, you can come back if you want. <laughs> and so oh, far, <laughs> 19 out of 8,000. Nobody said I'm sorry. Uh, no one said they're sorry. It said they the are The military sorry. never says they're sorry. Right, of course.
0: Ooh. Silly me. Yeah. Wow. Right. So
1: we're hearing some music. We're going to take a break here, and we're going to come back and talk about uh, Thanksgiving in the military. We'll be back shortly with more Valor Radio, and Happy Turkey Day to everyone
0: from Valor Radio on the W-Y Cell stations.
3: Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Michigan Miller's Mutual Insurance, 2425 East Grand River Avenue, Lansing, Michigan.
4: The Stars and Stripes Flag Store is open again. Shop at 783 South Avenue Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from one to five. All American-made flags, many different types, apparel, drinkware, ornaments,
0: and more. Honor our heroes. Shop Stars and Stripes Flag Store open again just in time for Christmas.
4: Join us this November for Operation Gift Thanks to support military families in Quick Fill Country. Give all month long at any Quick Fill store or online. QuickFill will also donate a portion of every gallon of fuel you buy to local charities supporting military families. Thank those who serve, and let's drive America together with QuickFill and Operation Give Thanks.
0: Learn more at quickfill.com. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks, and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Back in here with the Colonel, broadcasting from Florida, where it's warm and sunny, and. The, the captain here, where it's not, and uh, let's, let's go back to Paul. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steve. I didn't have your pot up.
2: <laughs> You're making me feel bad, like I brought the weather with me. No, something. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't
0: even kid about a thing like that. I, just, I want to point out that the captain's in here in a
1: t-shirt, though. <laughs> well, he's a tough guy.
2: Well, I, you know something. I saw something yesterday. Really. I gotta get this off my chest. I was I was driving on uh, Cooper Road near Ronacoid High School, and I saw a young girl, maybe twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old, walking down the street wearing a pink T-shirt and a pair of gray sweatpants, carrying a backpack. And she was huddled forward as she was walking, like she was freezing, which I'll she bet. was. Yeah. I looked at my my uh, down on my dashboard. It was thirty-five degrees, and I thought, w- what kind of parents would let their kids go out the door? Oh, listen! It's looking like that, Steve. Lots of times they go out the door and the jacket gets jettisoned someplace. But they had a jacket to begin with. Yeah, I mean they, they, they probably, probably had it on their back or whatever. But a parent that lets their kid go out with nothing on—yeah,
0: I know. But and she was
2: like a half a mile from the. School.
3: I
0: see this with adults. All you, you go to the crazy. convenience store. Here's a guy out there pumping gas in February. He's got a, a freaking T-shirt and jean. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry, shorts on. No, and and those I socks. See shorts
2: all the time. Oh yeah, yeah it's crazy. We're you just know. tough people in the Northeast, that's what it is. You, you sure we're, are. We're just physically tough people, that's what it is. You are. Well, you, oh, now, we're, well, you now know he's calling it you guys, like you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. see, see, <laughs> he's one of them now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know,
0: Captain, so, some of us can take it and some of us just can't. You know. That's right. right.
2: Yeah.
1: So, uh, Steve, I don't know what the traditions are in the Navy, but uh, you know, I was a young lieutenant in the Army down huh? at Fort Polk in 1981. And on Thanksgiving, I had to put on my best uniform
2: did you
1: had to head into the mess hall and had to serve
2: uh my soldiers on thanksgiving interesting uh, that, that that's kind of an interesting concept i i um one year when I was at uh, Joint Intelligence center pacific, uh, a, a buddy of mine and I decided we were going to buy uh, a, a bring turkey dinner into all the kids on the watch, the guys on the watch uh, section. And, uh, and we made a big deal out of it, but we try to keep it low key, uh, just for the people who are on watch. And, uh, it was a great experience. And all I kept thinking about was those guys in those, you know, I hear those stories about guys serving up food to their troops. And I thought, um, that's a good thing. You know, that, that if, if nothing else, you get some loyalty out of people that you're never gonna, you know, you're never gonna, uh, be able to dispel later on because, that 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 makes people stop and and really appreciate you a little bit more
1: well that's uh that's a tradition in the army it's Isn't it? something that uh, even uh, when i was overseas uh, deployed uh it was always uh the leadership would always feed the troops on holidays so um just uh it was a nice gesture but you know i remember doing that that was my first thanksgiving that I was away from home, uh, so that was significant too. What what uniform and were you wearing? I was wearing my uh, um, uh, dress blues.
2: Really? Oh yeah. Wow, that's a big deal because yeah. I th- I thought that maybe as a JO you wouldn't have that uniform in your in your in your locker yet.
1: Well, I was uh, I was pretty lucky. Uh, I had a friend whose father worked friends. Whose father worked at uh, Hickey Freeman, Ooh. and um, I had nicer uniforms than uh, than the generals had
2: <laughs> as a
1: result of that. Um, Hickey
2: Freeman made uniforms.
1: Hickey Freeman, uh, the folks there used to make them for Barney's and for all the other very exclusive uh, stores. Really? So, Isn't that yeah, something? Probably made Navy uniforms too. Well, I'm super high end. Yeah. I know they made and, them during
2: world war II. Well, um, and, and they were nice uniforms. I saw the army one. I don't know about Navy when, uniforms, but when I was they at my, my officer uniforms.
1: basic, when I was at my officer basic course, I was going through a receiving line that you go through and you know, the, the rule was just shake hands and keep moving. And twice, uh, a colonel or general's wife s- grabbed my hand and stopped me, and looked at their husband and said, <laughs> "Why don't your uniforms look like that?" <laughs> and you, you know serious? I the scowl from <laughs> from great. the officer. Oh and my god! So I think uh, oh, people thought good. I was independently wealthy. Yeah.
2: That's the colonel always out there. So
0: nice. The colonel's always out there making friends,
2: upstaging the the boss, the big boss. Yeah. Wow. That's, and, you don't want to do that. It, or so, or uh, or sometimes you like uh, i used to always wear um World War two insignia like um my cap devices and stuff were all sterling. I didn't like those stamped crappy things that they made by right. vanguard but i I used to wear the 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 real real McCoy from World War two and I used to polish him up and put him on real carefully i I really was proud of them, and people would stop me and they'd say is is that uh you know regulation and I'd say yes, it is you know, because it's not like the eagle's looking the wrong way or something like that. It's perfect. There's nothing wrong with this thing. It's just a nicer quality than the crap you buy at the exchange, yeah. Admiral. Well,
1: <laughs> so, uh, but anyway. Funny. I would tell you the absolute best meal in the Army every year was oh, is Thanksgiving is it? by far. Yeah. By far, no matter yeah. where you were. Uh, they'd find a way to get you absolutely uh anything they could. I'll
2: bet they did. Um it's a good thing, isn't it? It's a beautiful thing. Do they ever give you like a program for the meal where they tell you what you're going to eat? Because uh, the Navy does that. They they have a whole menu that they – it's like a little – it looks like a little wedding invitation. And inside it, it's it got – it lists the, the names of the the command the commanders who are going to be there and the senior enlisted guy. And then they'll talk about, you know, the, 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 the course of the meal, like what the appetizers are. Steve, was this for like the officers – um. It was now. You're. I know you're. Gonna, I know where you're going on this. Uh. It depends. No. It a, a ship. This ships do this. Yeah, they, but you didn't eat with the men. Yes, I did. Oh, yes, I did. I thought they had separate messes. Well, they do. But, uh, but I'll, but I'll tell you right now. Well. <laughs> I you're right. You can you can choose not to eat with the officers and eat only with the enlisted if, if you want to. I mean, if you're if you're uh, working airframes down, uh, you know, um, below deck and you decide to eat with the guys in airframes, you're they're going to be happy you're there. But if the intel guy shows up at the airframes section and eats with the with the enlisted guys, they're going to think something's up. So, no, I, I didn't eat with the enlisted uh, uh, you know the general population, but I did eat with some of my guys. So okay, yeah,
1: all right. Because I, uh, I had my worst meal in the military with the Navy.
2: Uh oh, oh yeah, you told me about that. That out was in the that, desert. That was a bad experience you had.
1: Yeah, it was. I
2: don't like that. That's a bad story. Why don't you tell the story again? I don't want it. That's uh, out in the desert. A CB commander.
1: Invited me for uh, dinner, and the weather was horrible. And it was uh, it was raining. It mm. was raining sideways, yeah. and uh, we were inside the tent. Kind of like it's and he doing had today China. here. Yeah, he had a whole mess set everything.
3: Oh, and that, the
1: soldiers yeah. are standing out there with cardboard trays in the rain, trying to eat, or the sailors, I should say. Yeah, and I'm sitting in there. And with other officers eating off of China yeah. with real silverware. And I was choking. I, I couldn't eat because, yeah. you know, the Army culture is you don't eat. If you're an officer, you don't eat until all your guys are done. And you you eat in the same conditions they eat in. Yeah, you don't that's accommodate a good thing. yourself.
2: I think that's a good thing. The Navy doesn't have that tradition generally. And I think that there's, um, they need to work on that.
1: Well, I think that goes back uh to the history of a ship, yeah, and um, there may be a need for that in the
2: navy well well, if you know anything about naval naval history, you know that uh, there, uh up until the middle of the nineteenth century, they abused sailors as a rule, they just abused them i mean they were the the cat of nine tails the, the flogging uh, keel hauling that kind of stuff really happened back then so um one of the the biggest developments in 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 the officer corps was a guy named i think his name was robert nay i think john or robert nay he and his uh, motto was uh be be kind like be kind to your troops take care of your your sailors and that was not uh, that was a novel concept. Take care of your sailors. Well, didn't that uh, didn't that derive from the
0: British Navy? Yes, and, uh, all the uh, all the scandals, and yep. that that was part of the uh, the uh, the joke with uh, you know Gilbert and Sullivan and HMS Pinafore. You know, uh, with, with with all the undue deference. to uh, the, the... well, it's
2: just it's well, you know, some of it's just awful, and and you think, and, and a lot of those traditions died hard. You know, they right up until. Um, they had something, um, uh, I, you know, I, a friend of mine, when he was uh, ill, I sent him this thing, and I, I had it uh, embroidered with his name on it. It was uh, what they used to call boat cloth. And what boat cloth was was like a wool blanket in, in very dark, like a uh, navy blue, that had um, uh, a striping on it. If you look at it, very like a mohair striping on it, according to your rank. What they had was uh, on certain ships they had... Um, uh, these things stashed away so that if you were on a boat, uh, a utility boat going back to the ship and it was cold and you needed a blanket, they would give you the boat cloth of your rank. I mean, that's how bad it was at one time.
0: So the lower
2: rank, you got crappy. Oh, blankets. they didn't get anything. No. I mean, if they were lucky, if they got a, a, an OD green wool blanket, whereas you're, you know, you're sitting pretty with this beautiful. I mean, it is beautiful. And he, I mean, he was he was touched when I gave it to him because uh, you know I got his name engraved on it, but his the 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 striping the piping on his on and the edge of it was for a vice admiral, and it, I, I intentionally did that because I wanted him to feel like it was a big deal. But um, you know, enlisted guys were just uh, 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 sailors were habitually just abused. Hey Bob, up, up until the nineteen hundreds, that, that would be me. Hey Bob,
1: yes, in the army. Everybody gets an OD green wool plan. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and, an, and
2: an OD meal.
0: Okay, all right. You two guys, you got all to right. settle, settle this during the break. We'll be right back yeah. with more Valor Radio on the Cell stations. Happy Thanksgiving weekend to you and yours.
2: There was a storm, but now you're gone, and everything's turned upside
4: From
0: Niagara Falls to the Anirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Welcome back in here to Valor Radio. Uh, We have here locally in the WYSL Studios Captain Steve Momano and uh, in full gloat mode, we have uh, the Colonel Paul Simonelli
1: sunning himself down in beautiful Florida. Thanks, Robert. And as long as we're uh, talking fabric... Steve, yeah, uh, your email earlier this week or yesterday, you weren't uh, too impressed with oh, uh, yeah, yeah. the
2: Navy's uniform. No, I don't like it for the Army-Navy game this year. I don't like it at all. But then I'm—I don't like any of the the uh, modern uh, football uniforms that they have for the game. I, the last couple of years, I thought all of them were ugly. That one last year was bad. I mean, the one last year was particularly egregious. Yeah,
0: what, I re- agree with you. Refresh us. What what didn't you like about it?
2: Um, it was just it, it? It was the colors that they used. And it, like, I, I noticed that Paul, that your um, your army uniform is a lot of that desert kind of uh, kind of sand sand colored. Yeah. Again, it, it, don't you feel like maybe they're they're typecasting you guys a little bit? Because I mean, the army does go to places where there are trees. We do, uh, but. They're,
1: uh, you know, they're honoring Third Infantry Division, yeah, and they're particularly uh, which honoring which was in their Italy recent uh, fight oh. in Iraq, okay, and and so well, I think that's probably appropriate. Okay, well they they had
2: Audie Murphy too. I mean, they, they, right, yeah, they,
1: and also uh, you know where they got their uh, nickname and everything else Rock of the uh, Marne, yeah, right. That's pretty cool. And from cool. World War One, Right. So, I mean, there really probably isn't another division in the Army. I know that people argue with me about that. I'm sure we'll get emails about this now. But uh, but I'm a 3rd Infantry guy, so That's pretty I'm cool. going to say it. Yeah. Uh, that uh, has such a storied history. And so... Um, yeah, I
2: have to I'm, agree I'm with I'm really you, excited. Yeah. I have to agree with you. Yeah, the, the, as the straight infantry unit goes, uh, the third is, is, is the, the bomb. It really is. Yeah.
1: So I'm pretty excited. I'll bet you And, are. and yeah, this yeah. year's game, uh, <laughs> you know, I happen to be going uh, with my niece and her husband, Ooh. who happens to be a – a former Boomer officer. Ooh,
2: well he'll like it. He'll like the submarine theme then. Well,
1: that's what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, it's just too and, dark. I couldn't. And, even, I couldn't even tell what was on the helmet. Yeah, and he's the one who, uh,
1: you know, stopped me from saying uh, boat. I can't say cruising anymore. I have no, to say that, deployments. Yeah, but
2: that's a submarine <laughs> term. I know submarines I, don't go on cruises. They don't. They don't see ports of call. They. They go on deployment. And, I know. And They sit on the bottom for you know ninety days on a in a boomer. Uh, and, you know, God bless them. I, I, they're unique people, and um, they're the best. At least they used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Some smart people. Oh, they are. He's a smart, smart. guy. No doubt about oh, it. Oh, they're smart. Um, Everyone. Give a lot everybody of on that. Everybody on that boat, and they do call them boats uh, in the submarine community. They yep. they know their stuff. They sure do. Yeah, they're pretty impressive. I worked for. Uh, A submariner. Did you?
1: And he was the probably, he was the guy that before he retired, he was the guy that any officer that was going to command a nuclear submarine had to get through him before they took command. Oh,
2: like the old Rickover interview. Sort of. Oh, that's tough. And I, three of the other
1: guys that I worked with had commanded submarines. And all three of them had, had to go through his testing process. And mm. all three of them made it, just barely made it through. But that's how it was supposed to be. And Yeah, my, uh,
2: my respect for submarine officers is yeah. off the scale. And what
1: this guy used to say, this guy would say, nothing happens on a submarine that hasn't already been thought of. And you need to know Everything. So anything that ever happens, every scenario mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has already been thought of, and you need to know what to do when those scenarios arise.
2: Well, you know something? The first time I ever got liberty as a, a as a uniform service member was when I was at OCS. It was after about a week or 10 days of, of OCS. They let us out uh, for uh, for a couple of hours. And the first thing we did was we went over to Quonset Point, and we saw a, a submarine that was tied up there. Uh, called USS Flying Fish, it was a Sturgeon class uh, SSN uh, attack submarine, and we got to go aboard it, and it was it was cool. And the guy that gave us the tour of it was a uh, machinist mate first class. He was a uh, he was wearing dungarees and a uh, a chambray sh- blue shirt, and he and he had a good big old mustache, and he took us around the ship, and he and and we asked questions, and that guy knew everything. We asked him. We asked him what kind of reduction gears they had, and he could tell me everything about the engineering plant in that in that boat. And that was impressive. I've never. Yeah, I, and that my, that was my first exposure to, and only real exposure to the submarine community. And I was just blown away by those guys. They're the best. Pretty amazing. They are. They're fantastic.
1: Yeah. We just uh, you give those guys a tremendous amount of credit. Yeah. Um. God it's bless a you. tough life it is a but, tough uh, life it takes a special person it does so uh 60 plus attacks against our troops mm. yeah uh, we've responded with three um three limited responses uh that have had little or no effect um we're talking about in the Middle East, particularly in Syria, and we continue to have people injured and hurt. Uh, to what end? Yeah.
2: Did you see that press conference the other day with the um, the female pre- uh, press secretary at the Pentagon when she yes. was she was asked by the reporter uh, that, that, that specifically? They were asking, uh, "What's what's Biden's strategy going to be? Is it is it uh, are we waiting for?" Is the Biden administration's strategy to wait until a U.S. serviceman is killed before retaliating? And you could tell when when she asked the question, she wasn't ready for that question because she just, like, kind of blanched for a second. But that's a good question to ask because it seems like they don't want to do anything.
1: Well, so here's here's where they have to consider. Do they want to do anything— I guess here's what they're thinking about. If they do too much, are we at war with Iran? If they do too little, it has no effect. What they've done so far is obviously too little. In my mind, they have to take away the capability. and But they don't want to do so much so they don't look like they're at war with Iran, that we're at war with Iran. And that's the balancing act and the military leaders have to provide options somewhere between ineffective and sending a message saying, stop what you're doing. Yeah. And we're, we're nowhere near that with the, what we, how we've responded. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a perfect, um, it's not a mathematical.
2: No, it's not,
1: but it's, Obviously, they're missing the mark here. Well, on, on that background, The civilian, I know the military is giving them lots of options. Yeah, well. I know that the planners, I know the 04s, the 05s, the 06s are giving lots of options to the senior officers to present to the civilian yeah, leadership. I, I
2: hope you're right, Paul. Because um, they they, they said it's that just uh, not occurring. Quote: There was there's no clear definition of what we are trying to deter. Unquote. Said one Pentagon kind of official. That, that, All right, that,
1: I'm hearing some music when we come back. More with Valority.
0: All right, we'll be back with the colonel and the captain in just a moment as we bump out here with some uh, tried and tested uh, Thanksgiving music. We're battling the tryptophan. Uh, Valor Radio is brought to you here throughout November by your neighborhood QuickFill. It's Operation Give Thanks through the entire month. And for many, many years, uh, your neighborhood Quick Fill convenience store, along with the uh, rest of the chain, has been supporting veterans organizations in your community with Operation Give Thanks. And you can do that at your uh, while next time you're filling up, or if you're not near a Quick Fill location, you can log on to QuickFill, Fill, fillcom and give, and give generously. And thank you. We'll be back.
3: Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award. MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield. 381-7008 or mgminsure.com An associate of Michigan Miller's Mutual Insurance. 2425 East Grand River Avenue, Lansing michigan
4: the stars and stripes flag store is open again shop at 783 south avenue monday wednesday and friday from one to five all american made flags many different types apparel drinkware ornaments and more honor our heroes shop stars and stripes flag store open again just in time for christmas join us this november for operation give thanks to support military families in quick fill country give all month long at any quick fill store or online Quickfill will also donate a portion of every gallon of fuel you buy to local charities supporting military families. Thank those who serve, and let's drive America together with Quickfill and Operation Gift Thanks.
0: Learn more at quickfill.com. Hey, become a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo. Get member benefits, including entry into our air show. Memberships make great gifts for warplane enthusiasts.
1: Details at nationalwarplanemuseum.com. You are listening to Valor Radio
4: with Colonel Paul Simonelli.
0: Okay, last segment here of this Thanksgiving edition of uh, Valor Radio on the WICL stations. And again,
1: the Colonel Paul Simonelli from Florida. Thanks, Robert. So, uh, Steve, in our uh, communications this week, you were talking about uh, a sad anniversary. Um, that uh, it's occurring today. Yeah. We're, nonetheless, we're, one that we wanted to uh, highlight well, a little bit.
2: It, it, it's important because uh, it changed America probably more than any event in my lifetime. I mean, even more than nine eleven 11 in a lot of ways. I think, and, uh, you know, it, uh, we're talking about uh, the assassination of John F. Kennedy, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, um, November 22nd, 1963. So by the time this... Uh, Broadcast uh, hits the air. Uh, We will be sixty years from the date that uh, JFK was uh, cut down in in uh, Dallas, and there's uh, this song came out uh, in 1968 after Robert Kennedy was assassinated, and I remember how the effect it had on, on on morale and on the country at the time. Anybody here?
1: See my old friend Abraham. Can you tell me where he's gone? He freed a lot of people, but it seemed good they die young. You know I just looked around and he's gone. here right my old friend John Can you tell me where
4: he's gone He freed a lot of people but it seemed good they die young I just looked around and he's
0: gone Okay, back to the captain.
2: Yeah, and... um you know, um, I, I was watching. I've been watching a lot of these programs about John F. Kennedy the last couple weeks. They've been they've been leading up to the 22nd of November by showing a really good documentary on the History Channel. If you haven't, I don't know if you've seen it at all, Paul. It's just called Kennedy, um, and they played it last night again, and I watched it again. And um, the thing that really strikes you is how much activity occurred in, in his administration from. June of 63 to November of 63, when he died, it was just uh, phenomenal, the amount of change that occurred. I mean, we had the, um, he gave a speech, for instance, at the American University on the 10th of June, 63. And I just want to read just a couple lines from it. It it was, the subject of the the speech was peace. Uh, You know, we had just gone through this um, awful uh, nuclear war uh, brinksmanship with the uh, the Soviet Union seven months earlier, so now uh, um, that the smoke had cleared, finally JFK wanted to talk about what what was going to what it was going to be like going forward. Uh, for and was there a possibility of peace? And he said, "For in the final analysis, now he's he's talking to Khrushchev and the Soviets. He's saying our most basic common link is is uh, that we all inhabit this small planet." We all breathe the same air. We all cherish our children's future, and we are all mortal. Isn't that something? Yeah, and,
1: you know, interestingly, just a few weeks uh, before his death, President Kennedy actually stood in front of the Arlington House, you know, Robert E. Lee's former home in Arlington National Cemetery, And he was standing there with his wife, and he was overwhelmed by the view, and he said to his wife, I could stay here forever. Oh, no. And it was prophetic. It was. And it was natural that the First Lady agreed to that site for his entombment, and where the late president is forever remembered by an eternal flame. And... I'm not sure if uh, people realize uh, the role that he played uh, for the military in the development of uh, counterinsurgency capability and really the establishment of the Green Berets. Right. And to this day, to this day, every single year, The Green Berets honor him by placing a Green Beret at his gravesite at Arlington. Do they really? Um, They never forget. There was a special bond between um, President Kennedy and uh, the Green Berets. And uh, it was because of a memorandum, a White House memorandum, that he wrote in April of 1962 that... The Green Berets were ostensibly uh, distinguished from the rest of the Department of Defense. And, uh, you know, after he he died, um, the first command sergeant major of the Green Berets, a gentleman by the name of Francis J. Rudy, uh, laid his own beret at the grave, um, in what was considered the ultimate gesture of gratitude, and it's been done every year since for sixty
2: years. So, what an amazing, an amazing, what an amazing gesture! Yeah, yeah, and I, um, you know, I, um, I, it's a, it's a funny thing, um, you know, when he died, when he was shot, uh, there was shock all over the world. And the, the night that the sun went down over Berlin, uh, which was a divided city, there were um, candles burning in the windows on the other side in, in his honor.
1: That's amazing.
2: That's just, that's how strong the feeling was for, for John F. Kennedy in Berlin. After the, he gave a speech on the 26th of June, 1963, he said, all free men, wherever they may live, are citizens of Berlin, and therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Berliner.
1: Of course, with his uh, Boston accent.
2: <laughs> Havid. It's it. It's Havid. It. Yeah. And, uh... Well, if you get a chance to see that documentary, Paul, check it out. It's on Hi- History Channel this month, just called Kennedy. And it's uh, very well done.
1: No, I'll definitely try yeah. to do that. It's, uh, just, uh... You know, it's an amazing thing. I think
2: uh, you're a little bit younger than me, right, Steve? Yeah, I don't remember. Um, You probably remember the day, don't you? I was in
1: kindergarten. I remember getting sent home uh, the day it happened. Where were you, Paul, or or Bob? Um, Excuse
0: me, Uh, seventh grade. And uh, it was the the last uh, period of the day before dismissal, and we were supposed to see a film. <clears throat> and the announcement came over the loudspeaker. Excuse me, I didn't know I was going to talk that. And uh, the uh, Charles Padnella, the uh, social studies teacher, who was in charge of that last period, said, "You know something? Seeing a film is always kind of a treat, and I think we're going to uh, we're going to we're going to eschew that today." Uh, and uh, we were it was, everybody was in kind of a stunned silence. Mm-hmm.
2: It was a Friday, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it, and, uh, uh, and I don't think the country's really ever been the same. I think that we've been trying to kind of overcome that that trauma ever since. I'm not sure we've ever achieved it. And, but
0: it was a, this constantly unfolding thing, though, uh, because then there was the, you know, the uh, the arrest of Lee Harvey Oswald, and they hauled him off, and then he was headed to the courtroom and was shot by Jack Ruby, and we've, you know, we've all seen the images. Yeah, it's t-
2: terrible, terrible few days. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think uh as a 5 5-year-old, uh. I think at that point I it, it opened my eyes and I realized there was a world out there and all of a sudden I I started looking at the news. Um, right. I don't know that I understood but I now when my parents would watch the news I would watch it with them, mm-hmm. and that was sort of the beginning. Did you get? You know, I joke li- about it.
2: Did you get Life Magazine? We got Life Magazine back then. And I remember I used to leaf through the pictures, and they were shocking for a, a little kid back then.
1: Sure, I don't, I, you know. And I, it's funny when I teach, I talk about um, communication and and how messaging messaging was done, and these kids today don't understand. You know, about the three networks (laughs) and about newspapers and about weekly magazines (laughs) and uh, how dramatic those effects were um, compared to social media today and about the pictures that all of us have uh, the images Mm -hmm. we have, uh, you know, just cemented in our minds because that they were just there. You'd see them. In the barber shop, on the coffee table at home, just see them, you know, over and over and over again. So, I'm just trying well, folks, have a have a blessed Thanksgiving. Keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, guardians, especially those deployed around the world, in your thoughts and your prayers. God bless you. Stay safe. And we'll see you next week on Valor Radio. Take care, Steve and Bob. Thank you. And
0: thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to bring this program to the people, Lord. We give I thanks don't for that.
1: I do it for the money. There's bills that I can't pay. I don't do it for the
3: glory.
1: I just do it anyway. Providing for
2: our futures my responsibility. Yeah, I'm real good on the pressure and all that I